You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. You guys can all take a seat. We're going to, I just want to give some words of, um, just some words of encouragement. Answer some questions that might be stirring for you. I don't want to shame fear. fear. Fear is a real emotion that if you leave the door of fear open, allows a spirit of fear to enter. So God gave us emotions to have, but it's when they go unhealthy, when they go negative, when they start to overwhelm you, you've now given access to an enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy you in the battlefield of the mind. Joyce Meyer wrote an incredible book and I encourage everyone right now to read it, Battlefield of the Mind. It will help you, it will build faith in you, it will give you scripture references, it will lead you through. Right now, you need to read the parts of the Bible that are injecting faith and boldness and courage on the inside of you. Not to shrink back, but to step into. And I just, um, and you guys, if you don't mind staying up here, because I'm gonna, Pretty short, then we'll drop some power chains. If your arms get numb, you just go foot pedal. I, I love drummers. You just don't know like, the whole time. I practice drumming, quit after six minutes. If someone says you want to drum for an hour or CrossFit and puke. I'll go CrossFit and puke. If you're a drummer, at the end of a good set, you look like a T Rex. Some of you need to laugh more. Speaking of laughing, can I show that meme about Jesus multiplying? I think this is so important. Some of you just calm down. It's gonna be multiple layers. He's a multiplier. If he could do that with two, lo- you know, two fish and five loaves. I'm believing. Just gonna pin that over my toilet and prophesy. And then some of you go like, oh, I saw Dr. Matty wasn't shaking hands. It's, it's not because of the virus. It's actually because I know people don't have toilet paper. I'm worried about the other things. So I come up to him like, you got toilet paper? Nope. Boom. Got you. Just trying to look out for my church. Ask the right questions. <laughs> not have you been coughing, have you been wiping? Too far? Too far. Okay. Oh, well. Some of you need to laugh more. There's a book called The Code of Joy. I recommend getting it. Joy is not an outside-in job. It's an inside-out job. Adio principle, above, down, inside, out. What's coming from the inside out of you right now? What you're thinking about, okay? I'm not calling you right or wrong, but some of you are having thoughts, and I'm asking you to take those thoughts captive and reprogram yourself during this time. No one knows what they think subconsciously until a time of stress, and then stuff comes up for you. I don't care what comes up for you, I I care what comes out of you. What comes up for you, I want you to grab onto it, hold onto, and process, why is this coming up for me? What, What am I really afraid of? What am I really thinking? God, I need to nail this to the cross. God, I need to bring this to the altar. Some of you just need to come down to the altar today. Doing a shorter service. Don't worry, we'll clean it between services. But some of you, we just need to bring our fears, cast our cares on Him. It's not our burden to carry. People are asking, 
Is this the end times? Is Jesus returning? These are real questions in a world that doesn't know. And I want you to know you want to send them somewhere, send them to the Word of God, and I want to read Matthew 24. And I'm not going to read the whole thing to you because that's called self-leadership. We, we have to govern and lead ourselves. We got to pray for ourselves. We got to equip ourselves. When you go to war, this is how we fight our battles. Self-leadership. We build a church. There's a full class in DNA right now. They're on their final one. We're developing. We're de teaching people how to be disciples. That's why I'm fully confident in this church. I love it that back in the early church, it was the pastors going to the hospitals. Now we have an army of people going to the hospitals praying. That's a great sign of good discipleship. But in Matthew 24, 36, it says, however, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the son himself, only the father knows. I want you to understand that there's people out there that are saying they know, <laughs> like even given dates. But the word says that not even the angels in heaven know or the son himself, only the father knows. However, it goes on to say in verse 37, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was Noah's days. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time of Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man returns. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill having coffee, one will be taken, the other won't. I just want to teach Bible. It's a real reality that sometimes this is, I love, I love the fact that we've, this is awakened church now. Let's get awakened to the word of God. This is a reality. So you too must keep watch for you don't even know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watching, not prepare his house to be broken into. You must also be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. You know, I adjusted somebody on Friday, I was message prepping, and he yelled out, Jesus, after I adjusted him in the wrong way. And I jumped back and I said, where, where do we get raptured? You and I are left. And he just looked at me and he goes, I probably shouldn't have said that. I said, no, no, did you see Jesus? I need to know. Because if I just mess, missed him, I'm leading a church and I'm in trouble. He starts laughing, he goes, what church? It opened up this huge dialogue. And I'm telling him, he goes, I need church with my family this Sunday, we're lost. You know, we can shame somebody or we can teach somebody. And I'm telling you, I've already got the text. He's on his way to Balboa campus at the next service. Because he's looking for answers. The world's looking for answers. And I think we can be the ones that deliver them. You know, in, uh, I, wanna, I wrote down some references here because I want to teach you. There was a study by the New York State University at Buffalo by Dr. PhD Zen, Z-H-E-N, Wan, W-A-N in the Journal of Neuron. I'm giving you references because everybody fact checks me. I love it. So go fact check me. And it was titled Fear Equals Mind Blowing. So I love it because what the Bible teaches around the spirit of fear, the world scientifically is now backing up. 
So in this Journal of Neuron, that's the title of it, it showed that when your stress hormone cortisol spikes and remains high, specifically longer than a certain amount of hours, somewhere between 36 and 46 hours, your prefrontal cortex is starting to get disturbed. And then the part of your brain that changes behavior patterns goes to irrationality. Any of that going on right now? I, I'm gonna tell you, so they went on to say, and this is the full, I gave you the little abstract. In that study of neuron, they say neurologically, you start releasing cortisol when it stays sustained for too long, you get stuck, okay? And then it changes your prefrontal cortex and you start to become irrational in your thoughts and behaviors. I want you to know something. If you're not rooted in the word of God and you're watching the television, you will be stuck in your, in your high cortisol. You cannot control it. Even I wear a whoop band and I got this aura ring, you know, it's telling me all my, you know, heart rate variability, it's telling me my blood pressure, it's telling me everything right now. And it's been amazing this week dealing with all the, you know, church, are we gonna have it? What are we standing for? What, you know, all these things. I've been elevated all week. So I've had to learn to take every thought captive. And when I get present, when I start to breathe, when I start to calm down, when I start to pray, when I pray in the spirit, I feel and I watch, I turn my phone on and I watch my heart rate drop. It's amazing, but if I just let the run in the conversation, if I just let it run, my heart rate gets elevated. Everything, they say anxiety is through the roof right now. I'm telling you, Selah, take a breath, get present. I call it PC, PTC, present time consciousness. Why are you watching it? What are you listening to? Where are you anchoring your hope right now? Calm down your blood pressure. Get your heart rate to lower. Get out of the high cortisol. You'll blow your adrenal glands out. I just wanna help you because you are not above this study right here. You're not above it. I don't want to see my people get stuck in irrational thinking due to stress. So I'm just gonna pray right now. You just close your eyes. I want you to focus on your breath. I want you to focus on the Prince of Peace. That's Jesus. Lord, we pray for peace in your mighty, holy, majestic name. The name above all names. The Prince of Peace. Your name is Jesus. God, grant us peace of mind. Calm our spirit and our troubled hearts. God, give us strength, clarity, and discernment to find answers as we navigate the weeks ahead. God, we trust you. And we know that you will heal this stress, you will heal this nation, you will heal this city, you will heal your people in the name of Jesus. Just as the sun rises each day against the dark of night, you are our rock and our good shepherd. We honor you today. And everybody said, amen. That's a one minute prayer. And in one minute, you can feel peace come on you. Your blood pressure, I know scientifically, can drop 10 millimeters of mercury just by getting still for one minute. Focusing on the things above, not the things that you see. Make it a practice. 
There's power, listen, the world calls it meditation. But I'm telling you, call it prayer. There's power in prayer. Meditate on these things, says the word of God. Meditate on what's important. I'm gonna tell you right now, we have two choices. We can either think like heaven or think like the world. And I'm gonna tell you in troubling times, it's not gonna get even more peaceful. I feel like this is just the shot over the bow. Let's practice what we're preaching. Let's live what we're preaching. Let's not, let's not just tolerate it. Let's be victorious in it. How do we do that? You're gonna think like heaven or you're gonna think like the world. Right now, I'm just gonna teach you a real thing you can Google on yourself, but it's called groupthink. It's called collective consciousness. It's a real thing. And I'm gonna give you the, what does it mean? Groupthink is a term first used in 1972 by a social psychologist, Irving Janis, that refers to a psychological phenomenon in which people strive for consciousness within a group. In many cases, people will set aside their own personal beliefs or adopt the opinion of the rest of the group. What do you believe in? I'm holding up the word of the God for people living on a, a podcast right now. What do you believe in? If I'm gonna group think anything, it's gonna be this right here. I wanna get around the group of people that are standing on the word of God right now, that are leaning into the word of God right now, that are trusting our Father in heaven right now, the one that's victorious over every disease, every sickness, every sin, everything that we encounter, all fear. Let's get rooted in the right things if you're gonna get involved in group thing. What are the dangers of it? It can lead to collective rationalization, lack of personal accountability. It's a common factor in bad decision-making and serious ethical breaches. Be rooted in the word. Groupthink is a psychological phenomenon which group members from in individual opinions that match the group consciousness rather than critically evaluating information. It is also a powerful force when it validates the preconceived opinions of the individual members. That means don't get wrapped up. Don't get wrapped up in fear that becomes irrational and then put your yes and your amen to some irrational cortisol spiked behavior. You are the light of the world. You are the influencers. You are the world changers. You woke up, no one came to church on accident today, I promise you. People either made a decision to stay home, God bless them, some need to, and some people woke up and said, I'm going to the house of God. We sent out an email to everybody saying, listen, if you're older, if you're immunosuppressed, if you're compromised, you will stay home. We'll ask people to leave. But those that wanna to come together, that are strong, that can, we're gonna worship our God together. That's called wisdom and discernment. But I wanna tell you, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him, that's Jesus, because he cares for you. Verse eight, be alert, and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. In fear, there is no sober mind. Just want you to know that. Did you guys see, do we have the prophetic word from Mike Maiden, Pastor Mike Maiden? If we have it, I'd like to show it. This is what 
one of the prophets that's been to our church, that's preached here, that's laid out some incredible words for our church. This is what happened this week. Prophetic vision. I saw a large, shadowing, demonically oppressive cave in a mountain area of China. I heard a voice from the cave say, go now and fill the earth with fear and death. Then I heard a shriek as a dark wind came swirling out of the cave. I heard the voice of God say, my people must not be silent or afraid. Tell my children to stand in faith and boldly speak against the power and the assignment of the hellish weapon. And I will shorten its duration and I will stop its effect and its influence in the earth in the name of Jesus. Come on, believe that there are prophets to nations. couple points fearlessness I'm gonna give you the points I hear crickets I hear crickets already I just start one point and there's already crickets Wow fearlessness point number one point number two fearless by identity point number three fearless looks forward point number four fearless becomes boldness I'm not gonna get to it all but I am gonna preach this what I want you to understand is I want you to know what fearlessness looks like. Being fearless doesn't mean ignoring danger, it means thinking like heaven, so that fight and flight aren't your only options. If you go to Matthew, what I love is, I love this story in Matthew, it's Matthew 14, 28. If you guys go read it on your own, it was when Jesus walks on water. They were on the fourth watch, that's from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., the middle of the night when you're tired, you're weary, you're cold, you're out on the Sea of Galilee. A storm brewed up, the disciples were scared, Jesus was up on a mountain praying, and all of a sudden, he comes walking by him on the water. Now, reference is a ghost, but Jesus has an encounter with Peter, and in the middle of it, Peter, stirs up faith he didn't get bold he didn't get courageous he just felt faith come on him and he goes if jesus can do that i can do it and jesus says we'll call it out and he gets out of that boat and jesus was there but i want to i think it's an important thing to understand what would you do if you saw a ghost on the water but then you felt peace come on you because you knew it was jesus and jesus called your name and asked you just like that prophetic vision to stand and speak against it to stand and rise up Peter did he stood he rose up and he got out of that boat and he started walking on that water and I want to tell you something's great amazing about that if you go on in the book of John this is what's fascinating they were eager to let him in the boat go read John 6 21 so Matthew in this verse Matthew 14 28 go read Jesus walks on the sea See what stirs up, see what Peter does. He goes to boldness, he goes to courageous. He stands, he walks. But then the next verse goes on and talks about what happened. But then in John, it gives a different perspective. In John 6, 21, they were eager to let him in the boat and immediately they arrived at their destination. See, because of fearless faith, actually a miracle was birthed. They, they all said, Jesus, get on the boat. And then all of a sudden, they were on land. They all couldn't wrap their head around. You could read it. It's in amazement. It's in amazement that they said, John's sitting here going, wow, 
the balance of this story is accelerated due to fearless faith of one man. All the disciples benefited and they were immediately on shore. You don't, it's a rowboat person. This isn't a two engine jet boat on the Sea of Galilee. This is a fishing boat with a bunch of scared fishermen in the middle of the night, cold, wet, and scared. And Jesus arrived and immediately, you know how fast this thing could be over? Immediately. I love reading the two stories through the accounts of that different perspective. We need the perspective of faith. Point number two that I'm gonna end on, but it's fearless by identity. Being fearless means known whose you are. I wanna tell you about that there has been a special uh, group of men and women in our United States. They're warriors. They did a study on warriors. Why can they go into battle and find peace? Why do, when fear rises up, instead of folding like a deck chair, why are there certain men and women in our rangers, and our raiders, and our Navy SEALs that immediately go to focus? That's why they have buds. That's why they have trainings. They're eliminating those that get triggered by fear. They eliminate themselves out because some under the pressure when they're gonna lose their life in a battle go so laser focused, they do supernatural things. So they started studying rats and they realized that there's some rats that were fearless, some rats that were scared. So they did little noises. They did all these studies. And what happens is, and I know I'm gonna give you the reference, it's Regina Sullivan, PhD. The study is called Fear and Love, Attachment, Abuse, and the Developing Brain, called the Cerebrum, September 1st, 2010. Okay? They realized that these warriors that were super fo focused were releasing peptides in their nervous system, and the nervous system was triggering a part of their brain that the more fear there was, the more calm there was. And it became fearless. While the other group of warriors that didn't make the cut, they didn't have those receptors in their brain. So they said, oh, I wonder if this is just some, you know, phenomenon. And it is. They did the same study in rats because you can actually dissect rat brains. So they took these two groups, they found the courageous ones, they found the ones that didn't, they dissected the brains. Here's what they found out. The ones that were uh, the ones going to fear all the time and not courageousness and not fearlessness, the ones that were getting scared and triggered were not responding to those receptors. So, fear and courage, what I need you to understand, the Bible says perfect love drives out fear. It's hard to be afraid of what you love and it's difficult to love what you're afraid of. The Bible goes on to talk about love and perfect love casting out fear. But scriptures used to mock the Bible but the Bible's been around a whole lot longer than 2010 September, because that's when science came out with this study, and this is what it said. The dissected rat's brain, scientists spread two rodents to two groups consisting of those that were fearful, those that became focused in dangerous situations. When autopsy, they found the rats discovered that the amygdala part of the brain connected with fear and courage of the courageous rats had the receptors able to accept proteins that produced the calming effect. Feel fearful rats lacked receptors. So now they had the experiment. They've noticed that the courageous ones had nurturing mothers and fathers, these little rats. So they took the fearful ones, they put them in cages with nurturing mothers that would sleep even on top of them. And they watched their behavior change over the next three months, six months, 12 months. 
and every one of them grew receptors. I'm gonna teach you something right now. Biblically, you're in a house that breaches faith. You're building receptors of faith right now. What you listen to matters because you're neurologically building a muscle. You're building a muscle based on faith biblically or based in fear. Know your identity, identity in Christ. Know whose you are, know who you are. You get around the right people. Why are we gonna do a night of worship? We're gonna build faith. We're gonna lay down some neurological receptors that are gonna build courageous on the inside of you. It says be bold and courageous. Spending more time thinking about who you are, not who you're not. We could talk about sin, and then you could pray about your sin all the time. It does say repent. And I'm telling you, we should all repent on the daily. But if you think about how wicked and perverse and sinful you are, you're not gonna get boldness rise on the inside of you. But if you are gonna, here's what I'm saying, I believe both confessions are healthy, but if you mess up, you fess up. Hashtag that. But you keep believing what God says about you. Your sins are nailed to that cross. You've been forgiven. It is finished. Don't live in fear, live in faith. You're not condemned, you're set free by the blood of the cross. Jesus died for you and me. He died for your sins. We took communion today to reestablish his authority in your life and we can never forget that. I could go on and on about Caleb and Joshua. They knew their identity. They were the two spies that went to the promised land. They all saw, the 10 spies saw the same thing they saw, but some had that neurological patterning. Listen, our God is a good, good father. He's the, he is the nurturer. He's our creator. He wired us. He's there for us. Doesn't matter how you were raised. Because once you're born again, once you give your life to Christ, you're under a new authority. You're under a new nurturing. You're under a new love. You're established a new kingdom. I want you to understand that Jesus loves you. This isn't it. This isn't the end times. Wherever we're at, Jesus loves you, we gotta make a difference. We gotta preach the gospel and sometimes we're gonna use words. But how we speak about a situation matters. How we look at a situation matters. Let's be the Caleb's and the Joshua's that see the promised land, that we see the future, that we see a hope, that we speak life, that we speak boldness, that we're praying for our friends. We're not judging our friends. We're not shaming our friends. We're not pointing out they're stuck in fear. We're loving our friends. We're loving our community. We're saying, hey, let me pray for you. There's plenty of people that can't come to church today, but we still need to call them. We have 555-888, Awaken Prayer. We're building that prayer list. People that are afraid, we're putting it out on the byways and the highways, put it out on social media. Say, hey, our church will pray for you if you're afraid. Text 555-888, Awaken Prayer. We have it set up. We wanna pray for our community. We wanna be the lighthouse that we preached on last week. Listen, I'm just gonna end with this. Hebrews 11.1. 1. The unseen becomes the visible when we become bold. 2 Corinthians 3.12, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. The boldness comes from that hope. God wants us to anchor onto his hope. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Oh, whom shall I be afraid? Is he today?
Let's just bow our head and close our eyes. God, I just thank you for this community of believers. God, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. God, I pray Psalm, that Psalm 27-1 over our life. You are our light and our salvation. God, grant us the peace. God, we just pray that this fear falls away. God, that our hearts learn to desire and seek you. God, we make you the rock of our life, our fortress, our strength. Even when we're weak, you'll lift us up. God, help me be confident in all situations. God, thank you, Lord, that you are holding the future. God, we are trusting everything works together for good. God, I just pray Hebrews 13, 6, so we may say boldly, God, you, you are the Lord, you are my helper. I will not fear. With you, I am strong. I will overcome. God, I ask, Lord, that you help us take control. Guide my thoughts and my actions. God, I thank you. In your mighty name, I pray. Fear is destroyed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.